Good morning and a very warm welcome to everyone to the ninth meeting of the National Economic Forum. It's a great turnout. I was told before we, I had my breakfast this morning here that each of these little bacon rolls only had 100 calories, so I hope you're able to enjoy yourselves with a few of the, the breakfast things that were out there for, for us. Um, first of all, can I introduce my colleagues who are here with me this morning? Uh, in the front, we um, starting with, with, with the ministers, we have Derek Mackay, uh, who is the Minister for Local Government and Planning. We have Stuart Stevenson, who is the Minister for Environment and Climate Change. Ms. Angela Constance, who is the Minister for Youth Employment. Cabinet Secretary Ms. Hislop, who for Culture uh, uh, and External Affairs. And Mr. Russell, who is the Education and Lifelong Learning Minister. We also have Mr. Swinney with us today. Uh, who, who is obviously the Finance, Employment and Sustainable Growth Cabinet Secretary. Mr Swinney will need to leave at about uh, 10 o'clock to be able to undertake activities in the Scottish Parliament where he's talking to them about the Scottish Budget at committee this morning. Lucky man. So I would like to extend a particular warm welcome this morning also to our cross-party colleagues who are here today who are attending the event, Kezia Dugdale from Labour and Liam MacArthur from the Liberal Democrats. I understand that, unfortunately, Patrick Harry from the Greens and Gavin Brown from the Conservatives can't attend this morning because they also have parliamentary activities. Uh, the forum today is focused on youth employment, which is a, a vital issue for all of us here in this room. And the presence of today of party members from other uh, parties in the Scottish Parliament shows it's not just the Scottish Government, but also the Scottish Parliament that is committed to this agenda. This government is building on the firm foundations of the last few years to make sure that all of our young people have the right support, skills and opportunities to access and sustain jobs. Today, we aim to provide the space for individuals and organisations, including government, to challenge and be challenged on what more we need to do collectively to support youth employment. Uh, we in the Scottish Government are certainly committed to working with all of you across business, the third sector public sector and others to make sure that our young people are given the opportunity to flourish and to have all the support they need to, to do that. There are some young people who are joining us today and, and they're very welcome. They will be talking to the First Minister later about their experiences and expectations from organisations such as First Group, uh, Lloyds Banking Group, the Forestry Commission and Scottish Water. Some of you may have already spoken to you over breakfast having that 100 calorie roll. Their input is vital. But I, I hope you will recognise that this event, that they will recognise this event today demonstrates a clear commitment of the Scottish Government, the Scottish Parliament and Civic Scotland too to the important matters of youth employment. And later this morning, the Minister for Youth Employment, uh, Angela Constance, will set out the priorities for the Government on this issue. And after Ms Constance, we'll be honoured to have Lord Smith of Kelvin addressing us. He gave his name to the Smith Group which has been active since 2005, advising and guiding ministers in successive administrations on enterprise, education and youth employment. And I look forward to hearing his thoughts on how we get more young people into work. After the refreshment break, we'll then break into five different discussion groups where we'll discuss in more detail what we need to do to collectively to support youth employment. So at that stage, under Chatham House rules, I would encourage you all to participate fully in their sessions as we and governments are he and others are here to listen. In the meantime, that's all I want to say for now, but it gives me great pleasure to introduce the First Minister of Scotland, Alex Salmond, to the stage to make the opening address.
Well, thank you very much uh, for that uh, introduction, uh, Bruce. Uh, Bruce is one of uh, seven uh, ministers who are uh, at this forum today, which either means we have substantial underemployment among the ministerial team, uh, or alternatively, as I hope it means, and it does mean, uh, that this is the most overriding priority of the ministerial team, and the subject of youth unemployment and youth employment uh, touches every aspect of government. The National Economic Forum uh, is something we introduced as a government some four years ago. It has been responsible so for some the development of some key initiatives in government over the last four years that's been responsible for focusing attention on some of the great opportunities facing Scotland over these years. Uh, but checking just a few seconds ago, this is the highest attendance of, of any national economic forum over these four years, uh, which indicates that uh, Civic Scotland have the same priority as the political parties in understanding and believing that this subject has that overriding uh, priority. Uh, unemployment is uh, corrosive for any society. It's corrosive for individuals and families. Youth unemployment is corrosive uh, of the future, uh, which is why we rightly identify youth employment as that overriding priority. Uh, the Scottish Government has a support for economic growth and jobs as a top priority, and that's why we decided last year to implement one of the Smith's key recommendations. Uh, by becoming the first government anywhere in these islands to appoint a minister with specific responsibility for youth employment in Angela Constance. Uh, so this dedication of the National Economic Forum to this subject follows on from that initiative. And as Bruce rightly recognised, uh, let me say how pleased I am uh, that members of other political parties in the Scottish Parliament are with us today, emphasising that that priority is shared uh, across the Parliament. Uh, I'm also pleased that Lord Smith of Kelvin will speak uh, later this morning. Uh, the report, in which his working group published last year, has uh, vital uh, recommendations and information in it, uh, and we're all going to be waiting keenly to hear what he's got to say. Now, this morning I'm going to outline briefly the, the government's strategy in promoting jobs and growth across the economy. But I want to have a specific look at the measures taken to boost youth employment, highlighting in particular the, the new Minister's role uh, and the strategy that uh, she published for consultation yesterday. And I want to stress, uh, as we promote youth employment, we want to speak directly to young people themselves about the support and help they need, in addition to talking to employers, training providers uh, and those dealing in this field across society. Uh, Scotland, clearly, no country is immune to the uh, consequences of the international Western uh, economic downturn and severe austerity in measures which have been imposed across public spending. Uh, however, using the existing powers of the Scots Parliament, we've tried to adopt a distinctive approach to tackle these economic difficulties, prioritising jobs uh, and investment. The, um, it's important in dealing with this subject and in the recognition of the uh, extent of the difficulties in youth employment, to understand clearly what we are talking about. Um, youth employment, unemployment is far too high. It's been increasing, and it's increasing from an already high level. However, I was uh, involved in politics for a number of years, and economics before that, before I clearly understood that the, the broad measure of youth unemployment in Scotland uh, is not necessarily what we should be focusing on. Uh, in the broad measure, the 
16 to 24 year olds in Scotland just now, we have 24.7% rate of unemployment, which is an extraordinary high figure. But you examine that figure and you find that 35% of these people are actually in full-time education. Uh, the figure for the rest of the UK is about 28%. And what that does is to reflect the fact we've got more students in colleges and universities in Scotland and also of these people we've got in colleges and universities, more of them uh, are looking for part-time employment. The broad measure of unemployment is a survey that asks people are they looking for uh, a job. Now, let me be quite clear, I'd like to be in a society where every student had the availability of a part-time job, uh, if that's what they thought, because it's important to, to uh, protect people as they go through their education and uh, there are stresses and strains on, on people's incomes as they do that. But it's not the same thing as a lost generation. Uh, so therefore, out of the 105,000 people registered or uh, identified as unemployed, we're actually talking about 65,000 people who are actually unemployed in that category. Far too high, far too significant a group, but that is what we must focus on. In terms of why we do that is because if we take initiatives as we have, like the maintaining the educational maintenance allowance uh, or the uh, security of no tuition fees for, for Scottish students, that in itself will not lower necessarily the broad measure of youth unemployment. Uh, nonetheless, it's undoubtedly a good thing for society uh, because people who are in full-time education are not part of a lost generation. They're people who are improving their skills, who are improving their qualifications, who are putting themselves in a position uh, of qualifications which will enable them uh, to seek em employment. So we have to look specifically at how we can affect uh, that group of people, that very substantial group of people, that 65,000 people between the ages of 16 to 24 who are looking for uh, employment, who are looking for a chance and opportunity uh, in society. And specifically dealing with that, we've developed three particular strategies. Uh, the reason for this meeting is I believe there must be more and there must be better ways to implement these three specific points. First and foremost, as a government, we've decided to devote extraordinary attention to the Modern Apprenticeship Scheme. Uh, modern Apprenticeships in Scotland this year will be 25,000. Just to put that into context, that's 60% higher than 2007. The key thing about Modern Apprenticeships in Scotland, as opposed to elsewhere, and I'm not deriding or, or running down anything that goes on elsewhere, but Modern Apprenticeships in Scotland, every single one of them has a job. They're attached to full-time employment, which is a critical feature of the modern apprenticeship system in Scotland. I'm pleased to say that uh, Skill Development Scotland are now confident that that total, that highest ever total, that 25,000, which obviously is a difficult total to reach and to hit in the peasant jobs market, it will now be hit for this financial year. And that means we can be confident uh, that we'll hit that 20,000 for each of the next five years, which means 125,000 Scottish youngsters will go through a modern apprenticeship and will be superbly equipped uh, for the life of employment and productive employment uh, thereafter. Uh, that is a significant move which uh, is in the right uh, direction. And uh, those uh, in skilled development in Scotland and those employers who've taken up the opportunity and those who've stepped forward uh, to be part of that apprenticeship move uh, uh, can take great credit for that, uh, for that particular aspect. Secondly, and this is something which I, I believe, and I think all governments, but this government in, in particular, 
uh, must look at itself and say, why didn't we do it much earlier? Uh, and that is to move the contract system for government uh, to obtain social objectives. Now, this is something, incidentally, which is not unique to youth employment. This is something which the Small Business Federation have been calling for for many years. And, of course, there are difficulties attached to government contracts and government incentives uh, which uh, constrain the, the ability uh, to set specific targets to achieve desirable social objectives, like, for example, having uh, uh, more local contractors in government contracts, because contracts are often specified in terms of a bottom line. Uh, but nonetheless, it is and should be and will be possible to have a greater emphasis on the training element of any government grant and contract as it moves forward. And given that government contracts, even these stringent times for uh, public finance, equate to some £9 billion a year, uh, that is a significant uh, weapon in terms of this battle against youth unemployment. To give you an example, Vionga are setting up their centre of excellence uh, for food production in Broxburn. Uh, out of the 500 new jobs that's going to create, 100 are going to be in modern apprenticeships. And the discussions that can take place as these major companies choose Scotland, and there have been a huge number of them in recent months, Amazon, Michelin, Dell, Gamesa, Avalok, for example, have all chosen Scotland. In each of these companies, we've introduced the discussion of the youth aspect and training aspect of their plans uh, in Scotland. Uh, I had the... Uh, very great pleasure of, uh, of having dinner on Monday night with the, the chief executive of, uh, uh, of uh, Samsung. And uh, I had the impression, and maybe many people in this hall have the impression, that, that Korea was one of the wonders in the world uh, in terms of uh, its emphasis on engineering. They now build more ships than any other country in the world. They build a greater percentage of the world's shipping than even the Clyde did. Uh, towards the end of the 19th century. The shipyard in which that gentleman's responsible is producing 80 ships a year, more than one a week at the present moment. I had this conversation where he was uh, bemoaning uh, the fact that people in Korea are turning away from engineering, that people are moving in greater emphasis to other professions, something which has long been a, a factor of the discussion and comment. And that one of the reasons they were choosing Scotland for a, a major uh, investment in marine renewables is their belief that engineering was in the Scottish DNA, that engineering was part of the Scottish tradition, and there would be uh, the availability of key engineers and impressed by the work that's being done, not just in the university sector, but right through the technical trades in terms of re-emphasizing engineering. So we should understand and believe uh, that the quality of our people and the potential of our people is perhaps the overriding aspect why companies of great international standing are seeing Scotland as the place to invest, but if each and every one of these companies, and indeed perhaps even more effectively with public sector contracts, that conversation on opportunity for youth must be part of the deployment of the public sector resource. And thirdly, and I think critically, and this I hope and believe will be the, the major focus of the discussion today, the Opportunities for All offer the offer outlined that every single uh, individual between the ages of 16 to 19 who doesn't have a job, an apprenticeship, or a place in full-time education will be offered a training or education opportunity. That is an absolutely critical offer because it encompasses all, it encompasses everyone. To look at specifically in terms of measurement of the 
indication. We have a, a measurement, which I think is a very effective one. I actually think it's, uh, it's also a, a key measurement in terms of focusing uh, uh, the secondary schooling system in Scotland in terms of the outcomes of uh, what happens to the young people they take through their care. Uh, we have uh, estimates now of positive destinations of each child leaving each school uh, in Scotland. And the figures uh, for Scotland uh, have been moving up from 2007 from, this is a positive destination, means people who go into education, who go into an apprenticeship, who go into a job. Uh, and that's been moving up from 86.4 to 88.9. Now that still leaves 11% of youngsters who don't have a positive destination. But crucially and encouragingly, uh, that's tested six months later to see what has happened after six months of, of leaving school. Uh, and the, uh, the, uh, the failure from that is less than or just over 1%, uh, which again indicates that uh, the school system is not just preparing many, many of our youngsters for effective uh, destinations, but also checking up on the destination that these youngsters uh, secure. Uh, that sort of understanding and the importance it gives to individual schools in checking these figures is of huge uh, importance uh, in Scotland at the present moment because it means collectively uh, we indicate our concern uh, for this particular aspect. So the guarantee uh, to every 16 to 19 year old of that positive destination, that everybody who doesn't have that positive destination will be offered an educational training opportunity is absolutely critical as we work out how to deploy the available resource uh, to take us uh, into conflict with this issue and to collectively uh, attempt to solve this issue. Can I uh, speak specifically to uh, some of the uh, youngsters we have uh, with us uh, uh, today? Uh, I think uh, I've got the names as uh, Kyle McDonald, Lewis uh, Wark, Stephen Algy, Lisa Wright, Matthew Wilson, Craig uh, Kessford, Terry Ketcher, Kerry Milligan, uh, and Mike Hall. I hope uh, guys and girls have pronounced uh, that uh, properly. Uh, they uh, are engaged in training courses and apprenticeship schemes run by the Forestry Commission Scotland, Lloyds Banking Group, Scottish Water, and First Group PLC, as, uh, as I understand it. But their experience uh, of what is uh, their uh, understanding and, uh, and how they've managed to get into these good positions, I think, is going to be uh, critical for us understanding uh, how uh, that awareness and appreciation of the opportunities uh, is there for our young people at the present uh, moment. So these three specific measures, part of a, a general economic strategy, are absolutely critical. Uh, this uh, meeting today, encompassing as it does so much of Civic Scotland, I think is going to help us enormously uh, in moving towards the target of making sure that every child has the opportunity of that positive destination. In economics, uh, they also say there's a, the key division is between microeconomics and macroeconomics. Uh, and it's true, of course, that if you believe, as I do, as many others in this, uh, in this audience probably do as well, that the economy is suffering from deficient demand at the present moment, that we need a substantial injection, particularly of capital spending, in terms of lifting the economy uh, from its current trough. Uh, there is an unwisdom, however, in believing that even within that context, it's not possible to make substantial improvement. Uh, I think it is. Uh, and I think uh, that the microeconomic behavior, the behavior of individuals and of companies, can have a substantial influence 
and also can have a substantial influence if there is a collective will and a collective consciousness as to what must and should be done. Uh, I believe it's the responsibility of every Scot, of every adult Scot in particular, to make sure that this issue is addressed. I think this issue crosses party, it crosses geography, it crosses a range of social classes, it crosses the whole community of Scotland. And I think a collective determination of each and every individual, every company, every organization, every educational establishment putting its shoulder to the wheel, every member across the Scottish Parliament and understanding that this is a supreme national objective can make a substantial difference even in these straitened economic times. Yes, it would be fantastic if we had the demand conditions in the economy, which meant that uh, uh, there was uh, a choice of many available opportunities for young people. Yes, indeed, that would be fantastic. Yes, it would be great uh, if every company, if every educational establishment, uh, if every government department used the available talent it had to the, the, the best of its uh, ability. But every single one of us knows that more can be done. Uh, if that national objective prevails, then I think we can make a substantial difference uh, to the great overriding priority of the day. I am uh, had with uh, Angela Constance a, a fascinating meeting of the British Irish Council in, uh, in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and the subject matter, the main subject matter, was sharing the experience across these islands uh, in England, Northern Ireland, Wales, and the uh, Irish Republic of what is a very similar prevailing uh, issue of youth uh, unemployment. Uh, and that discussion told us two things, that uh, nobody has the absolute solution, the absolute answer. There is a common shared problem, but it also told us uh, there are a variety of initiatives which are taking place. We undertook. Uh, because we're hosting the, the Council in the, in the summer, uh, that various schemes from England, from Ireland, from Northern Ireland and Wales, which are working in individual areas, will be examined and uh, looked at the possibilities of uh, application uh, across, these, uh, across these islands. I, I heard on the radio this morning that the, the Violence Reduction Unit Initiative in Glasgow, which has been so successful, in reducing knife crime and gang violence in Glasgow over these last uh, five years has been applied, as I understood it from the radio report, with some success uh, in areas of uh, London in the, last, uh, in the last few months. A good example of how a, a great idea properly pursued and properly financed uh, can have an impression on an enduring uh, social problem. Equally, there are concepts and ideas that are taking place in a variety of ways in a variety of countries, which if they are capable of general application, might make a real difference. And we are committed to taking experience from anywhere and success from anywhere and applying it uh, to Scottish circumstances. So we will take the best of experiences across these islands and internationally to see if there is initiatives which can be applied in Scottish circumstances. We can learn from everyone if success there can be. But I still believe that the greatest impact on this are going to be those of us who prioritize this issue, prioritize this problem, and seek to collectively bend our will to finding a solution. And that means we have to get the psychology so that we understand and contribute to success, and dealing with this issue will be an extraordinary national success. And when we see initiatives working, we must be prepared to celebrate these initiatives, not because we think that they themselves will nullify the problem, but because that is going to be part of building 
to the solution we wish to see. So let us this morning uh, set ourselves a target of having a youth employment picture in Scotland that to the best of our collective ability uses the best of our nation's collective ability and understanding that there is nothing, absolutely nothing more important than giving hope and opportunity and life chances to the young people of Scotland. If we dedicate ourselves to that task this day, uh, then there will be something special emerging from this forum, uh, which will matter an enormous amount to the future of our country. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, First Minister. Now, we've got about 10 minutes now before we hear from Angela Constance, so I think it's an opportunity for questions and answers. We've got four roving microphones. If people who want to ask the First Minister a question could tell us who they are, and if you represent an organisation, let us know what that organisation is. Now, every Thursday in the Scots Parliament, we've got leaders of the opposition who queue up to ask the First Minister questions. They've got to go through a pretty trial to become these leaders of these parties, but you've got this free opportunity today, without all that trial, to ask the First Minister questions. So, who wants to go first? Gentlemen here. Now, you just stick your hands up and I'll try to catch your eyes. Thank you very much. Uh, James Ogilvy, Forestry Commission, Scotland. If every small uh, business in uh, Scotland took on board um, a young unemployed person, then that would be the problem substantially solved. And uh, I think the reason that doesn't happen in many cases is because the um, employment law um, creates some barriers. Do you think there are opportunities to relax that law around uh, employing young people that will make it easier to solve this problem? We've, uh, in the point of uh, introducing a, an information uh, scheme in conjunction, I, I think, with the Federation of Small Businesses in terms of trying to, uh, to ease the passage of bringing young people into employment. I mean, obviously, we don't uh, control employment law, but nonetheless, we can have discussions with, uh, with those who do. But in terms of uh, our belief is that there are a number of barriers uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, um, uh, small businesses taking on uh, people, uh, uh, fear, trepidation about aspects of employment law, sometimes unawareness of the, of the opportunities. Uh, and uh, the information aspect shouldn't be underrated as, a, uh, as a, can making a significant uh, contribution. Uh, as you know, in terms of uh, a small business, small business bonus is the most extraordinary incentive uh, uh, in terms of uh, freedom for rates for uh, about 80,000 uh, small businesses in Scotland. I've got absolutely no doubt in the, the Small Business Federation, the Federation of Small Businesses here with us uh, uh, today, that they can, they can point to uh, individual examples of, uh, of uh, businesses which are still operating trading and taking on people as a result of uh, being in receipt of that, uh, of that bonus. But I think there's much to be gained by exemplifying particular uh, examples of, uh, of uh, success in that area and the information campaign. I don't think it's been enough previously. I understand the difficulties in that. You know, often when folk are, are running a business, uh, the last thing they're able to do is, uh, uh, is uh, uh, attend uh, seminars or, or read lots of leaflets or, or check online, but nonetheless getting the right information to the right people and using the good offices of the Federation of Small Business to help us do that, which uh, 
uh, I think is a, a, a good a substantial approach which will yield results. And again, I think uh, it's really important to, to use examples of success and to promote the examples of success to encourage uh, other businesses to see it. But uh, establishing this uh, national priority, I mean, uh, I, I believe the small business community want very much to be part of the, the solution to this, to this national problem. And I think a lot of people step forward if we make it easy to do so. Change in employment law can be problematic. It's not within our province at the present moment. But if there are aspects, uh, then we can obviously raise them with uh, the DWP. Okay, First Minister, we've got a gentleman down here, and then a young lady across here, and then a young man sitting here called Andy Wallach. So we'll get to him. Robin Parker from the National Union of Students in Scotland. Um, and I think one of the really strong comments you made in your opening words was about um, trying to make use of all the Scottish Parliament's powers and all the Scottish Parliament's 1.5 billion to tackle this issue. Um, and I think all of us know how important an issue it is. Um, and I think you did yourself an injustice by not mentioning one of the other really strong policies that the Scottish uh, government's introduced in terms of education. Um, the £7,000 minimum income guarantee that I think will go a long way to keeping um, many of those students at universities um, uh, from looking for so much part-time work as they do at the moment. Um, but on the other hand, um, in terms of what's happening just now in colleges, um, I think there's, there's £11 million less that's going to be spent next year on keeping uh, college students uh, in education and, as you said, not becoming part of the lost generation. Um, and I think it's really important that that 11 uh, million continues and that we make sure that, sort of on the one hand, we're tackling youth unemployment, but we're not creating it uh, with the other. Um, more general comment um, around uh, in, uh, one of the things that leapt out to me from the strategy is there was a strong commitment around um, uh, work placements, internships, and apprenticeships. Um, and I think one of the things that, um, and this I imagine this is just a, an area of confirmation, um, but an area of confirmation that these will be um, paid internships and be paid at a living wage. Robert, uh, <coughs> I didn't have to mention all of the excellent policies of the government because I knew you'd help me out by, <laughs> by, by, uh, by reminding people. And of course, it's often better if that comes from the, the audience than, uh, than comes from me. <coughs> in terms of, I mean, the, we, we've made a number of choices, as you know, and, and some choices of which you'll extraordinarily approve of. And I, I should point out the support for college students has increased substantially since 2007. As you know, there was extra money which came in the, in the budget as last year to meet a particular circumstance. But you know, our choices, for example, on tuition fees, on the educational maintenance allowance, of course, are one of the reasons why we have more of our youngsters staying at school uh, and going into college education, because the educational maintenance allowance is, is also can be paid to, to college students. So you know, we've made a lot of choices <coughs> in terms of student support. Uh, I believe that the the, I mean, I, you know, I struck before, uh, before Christmas when the, I think the first 5% of university applications came in and, uh, and for me, mainly for medical courses and there was a big decline in the number of applications and uh, there was one of the newspapers, they'll be nameless because I need all their support uh, these days, but, uh, they, uh, but one of the newspapers had a headline you know, saying, what an enormous problem, <coughs> this 10% uh, you know, drop in, uh, in applications. Uh, uh, and then, of course, as the, the real figures or the full figures emerged, uh, and it was found that actually applications weren't down in Scotland at all, the, the same newspaper had a headline on Monday saying, what a problem, <laughs> you know, more people are trying to get to, to, to university, there'll be a crowd out of the, uh, of, the, of the courses. But of course, fundamentally, it is a good thing, a vindication of the approach we're taking, the applications uh, for uh, 
university places that we've seen this week. Now, I take your point that one way which we can approve the headline statistics uh, is that people at college university don't have the same pressure to be seeking part-time employment. I think that's a very fair point that you make. Uh, of course, our objective is not just, I mean, what is our fundamental objective here? A fundamental objective is to get people into a job, into training, or into full-time education. You know, each of these destinations is positive. Uh, you know, so it is a, a good thing, a fundamentally good thing, that we have substantially more people in education than we had previously and we have across other countries, because that is improving people's life chances. But on the question of student support, you're quite right to point to our objective. Uh, the objective has been chosen with uh, great care and we'll be working our, 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 way, our way towards it. Lastly, I think we should understand that, uh, and just let me re-emphasise that uh, this question of uh, apprenticeships in Scotland, people having a job, to me is absolutely fundamental. Now, I'm not, as I say, demeaning apprenticeships elsewhere, but uh, you know, having a job attached to the, or the apprenticeship attached to employment seems to me a fundamental commitment of both apprentice and employer uh, in terms of the, the future deployment of, of skills. And that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not for, not you were suggesting that, Robin, for diluting that in any way. That, to tie that two together seems to me absolutely fundamental, one of the best things about uh, our apprenticeship, our new modern apprenticeship scheme in Scotland. First Minister, we can take two more questions, then we'll need to move on. There's a lady at the back here and a gentleman here, and then we'll need to move on to the next part of the morning. Amy Dalrymple from the Scottish Chambers of Commerce. Um, one of the things that our members um, find very confusing and a real barrier to their participation um, in, in, you know, kind of helping out with this agenda is the, just the complexity of the landscape, the different funding streams, the different initiatives, um, you know, run by the Scottish Government, run by local authorities, Skills Development Scotland, Job Centre Plus. Um, so. What we would like to see, and I think that you know, kind of we're on the same page with this, is more joined up working between the agencies. But also, I think um, you know, kind of the feedback, what, what we're getting from the feedback from our member businesses across Scotland, is that um, a review is needed to make sure that these different initiatives and different programmes are reviewed properly and, um, I suppose, streamlined in order to get better value for money, and that the extra funding that we're talking about with the, with the um, strategy, draft strategy that was published yesterday, um, isn't just used to create even more schemes to make the landscape even more complicated and even more difficult for businesses to engage in. Because all businesses want to do in terms of this agenda, as was mentioned before, is get in there and create jobs. And they just need it, you know, they need it simplified. They need the support um, accessible so that they can do that both questions together. Can we give Andy the microphone here as well? Uh, am I on? Yeah. Andy Willock from the Federation of Small Businesses. Uh, it was just to ask uh, and, uh, and ask for some assurance that the, the government and all departments would, um, I think our members, and in fact 21,000 members in Scotland, are well placed, some of them are well placed to, to fill the vacancies we're looking at today. The thing is, we need we need the platform to be able to look forward and and do that. There's a nervousness from UK, as been mentioned already, employment law, introduction of pension schemes, which a lot of small businesses hadn't had uh, in the past, and of course uh, uh, some of our own regulations coming in. If we could just have have uh, good communication, good. Uh, 
uh, communication with uh, organizations like ourselves and small businesses to, to make sure that the, the sustainable procurement program, the, the zero waste, all these things are not putting obstacles in the way of our members that are probably thinking and, and are in a good place to employ some of the, 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 the young people we're speaking about today. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Andy. First Minister. Yeah. I mean, Andy, I, I would detect nothing else than a, a great willingness from the uh, the Small Business Federation uh, to cooperate, Federation of Small Businesses to cooperate uh, and to, to have as much information. I mean, some of, some of the obstacles are, are real, but, but some of the obstacles are imagined, as you're well aware. I mean, just a lack of awareness of, uh, of the ability to do it. And you know that uh, uh, some of the specific schemes and apprenticeships had a very high take up uh, uh, in small businesses. So, you know, I think uh, the information barrier can certainly be overcome. I mean, there are aspects which are, are more difficult, legislative aspects, as you rightly point to. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, people are engaged and signed up to this process, and I'm sure a lot can be done. And, you know, given, as you're constantly reminding Andy of the, the fact that you've got mere members and every other organisation put together and multiplied by 10, that, you know, that, that small business does dominate employment, <coughs> and uh, therefore a, a shift uh, and small business towards employment uh, can have a, a huge uh, difference to the national economy. And I, I know that uh, you're signed up for, for making that, that, that effort, and we'll do what we can to overcome the barriers that, uh, that are there. Uh, in terms of simplification agenda, well, I, I very much agree with that. Uh, I mean, remember, let's remember Skills Development Scotland is in itself a simplification. <laughs> uh, I think I'm looking at the, glancing at the chair, and uh, I think there were three different organisations which are now encompassed uh, in uh, Skill Development Scotland with three different types of skill responsibilities. Now, uh, I believe that that has been part, I mean, and you know, let me, because uh, uh, I was talking about acknowledging success, I mean, let me just say that you know, placing, contracting 25,000 apprentices in Scotland attached to a job, given everything that's gone before in terms of numbers, is a huge success. Uh, you know, it's, it's something I was listening to a former MSP, and you know, she was speaking in goodwill, I, I believe, who was on the radio bemoaning the low number of apprenticeships. Well, you know, uh, that was perhaps true a few years ago, but 25,000, maybe it's not the, the biggest total we could have, but, you know, it's hugely different. I mean, it's a step change from recent experience in Scotland, and to attach and make sure that each single one of these 25,000 has a job is a major, major achievement by... Uh, uh, skills development Scotland, a major achievement by those who are taking on the apprenticeships as well. I mean, but you know, that is a big organisational achievement. So, on the skills side, there has been that simplification of the landscape. However, if we look at the recommendations of the, of the Smith Group, uh, and uh, no doubt Robert will, will attach these, they, they actually point to the advantages that would be gained by having an integrated approach between uh, employment and training. Uh, in terms of, of delivery, that would also give us. And you know, I raise this issue. People say, "Oh, it's another constitutional crab." <laughs> no, no, it's just true. Actually, it, it would be a lot to be gained by having an integrated provision of, of uh, employment and training. As far as you know, putting on individual specific schemes are concerned, then of course the, the, that can itself create confusion, and I hope it doesn't. But you know, some of these individual specific schemes, you know, like the adopt an apprentice you know, were specifically designed to meet difficult circumstances and were rather successful. The adopted apprentice was to, it was when a, an apprentice midway through his apprenticeship through a, a company 
going bust, it could be taken on by another company so that that individual was allowed the opportunity to complete their apprenticeship. I mean, that is undoubtedly you know, a good thing to do, not to, to waste all that human investment for one or two years to allow somebody to complete their, their training. So some of these specific add-ons, uh, I think, can be good refinements of existing initiatives. But uh, I, I do actually support you strongly in terms of the delivery mechanism. I, I think there's a great deal to be said for one-stop shops. Uh, and in terms of skills uh, in Scotland, SDS is now a one-stop shop, but more can be done about the delivery landscape. Uh, I should apologize uh, to uh, Robin. I, I didn't uh, take up your point, which I had a note of, in terms of the people on the living wage. And uh, I think this is something we have to, to uh, confront and understand. Uh, you know, I've uh, signed a, a pledge. I'm not going to be... Uh, negative about any initiative. Uh, I think it's really important not to be. Uh, and, uh, th but at the same time, constructively, you know, when we're talking about placements and the part of the UK government's contract, youth contract, is going to be based on placements, that is, people being paid a benefit for placements and work, uh, <coughs> then if that is to be justified, then they have to be placements. You know, they can't be, you know, short stop gaps. I also think... Uh, there's a, a substantial issue if we look at past schemes. For example, the, the criticism that was made, there was, there was no, and it'd be very difficult in a very short placement to do it apart from work experience. Uh, there's no training aspect. I mean, for example, the initiative with the voluntary sector, which the, the Scottish Government introduced uh, last year, had a specific training aspect attached to it. You know, so that people emerged with uh, not just uh, the recognition of uh, the discipline of uh, of work skills, uh, but also the recognition that they had achieved and, and uh, had their human skills enhanced in, in, that, in that period of, uh, of employment in the voluntary sector. So, you know, I think there is a, a genuine issue for this uh, forum and for everybody to understand and how to make absolute, could be, nothing could be worse than for any project, well-intentioned, no doubt, if it came to have the reputation as a means of uh, of uh, placing without uh, contributing in terms of skills because then it would get a, an extremely bad reputation as schemes have uh, in the past and that issue must be you know, confronted and understood. I'm determined to do it in a positive way but it must be confronted and, uh, and understood. I, I think that's perhaps what you are uh, uh, alluding to, Roman. Thank you, First Minister. Um, thank you very much for the questions. I I'm sure everyone like the opportunity to ask the First Minister questions in such an open and transparent manner. And uh, thank you, First Minister, for that session. Can we just give the First Minister...